what sets us apart and allows us to stand out is to be the one who, instead of going big and fancy and hard and loud, dares to go deep and intentional and generous with ourselves and with others. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Payne, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Hey there, it's Carly. I am so glad that you and I get to hang out today on this episode. You know, as this episode is coming out, it is the summer solstice, which means we are smack dab in the middle of 2020. And what a year (laughs) this has been, right? Tell me if this is true for you also, but doesn't it kind of seem like our perception of time has shifted throughout this period of COVID? It's like on one hand, it's an entire decade has passed in the last few months. And on the other hand, you might be feeling like you're behind or unclear or you're just your general sense of time is askew. And I found this to be true. The marking of the passage of time is really important, especially for us high achieving types, because we always have 10 new goals we're working towards. So pausing to notice how much we have just accomplished or experienced over the past few months is vital. And you'll hear me say this kind of thing all the time, but it is my awareness that in our modern culture, women are not given room to just digest what is happening in real time. We're often expected to go from one thing to the next to the next, and that can lead us to accidentally repeating the same tasks again and again and again without getting great results or learning how to do them better or better yet, figuring out how to get rid of some of those tasks altogether. Like knowing where we can afford to trim the fat and let go of the things that are no longer of service to us. So let me give you an example of this. About five years ago, I was inspired by a coach named Drew Razel, who talked about taking time off at the end of the month where he doesn't coach. He just runs his business behind the scenes or goes and does what, like, what he enjoys, which is a lot of skiing and being outside. And I decided I would start implementing two days at the end of each month where I didn't coach or do public work. And I got to tell you, it was really hard for me to do that. (laughs) I was so used to this idea that if I wasn't making billable hours, I wouldn't be making enough money. And so I would kind of like step over my own boundaries around that time. But over like like a few weeks and into a few months of practicing this, as I started to have just a day or two to go inward and refill my cup and tie up loose ends from the month and get nourished and just have a little extra space to consciously map out the next month, revenue started to increase. And I was able to see the bigger picture with so much more clarity. I was able to weed out the tasks that were draining me and focus on what gives me and my bank account life. And so for the past three years, I've actually transitioned into taking an entire culmination week at the end of every single month. This is non-negotiable time where I'm laying low, doing things behind the scenes to make myself a better coach. I'm taking courses, I'm taking classes, or I'm just eating and sleeping and getting to the things that give me life. Now, I'm telling you this for a few reasons. 
The first is because number one, growth is not about being on all the time. Just like the rest of nature, we have phases too. And if you know what phase you're in, you can leverage your time and skills to bring you better results without you having to push and go, go, go chronically. And the second reason I'm telling you this is because I've discovered that in a business world that's pretty noisy, where the folks who are making the noise are the ones we see the most, we see their Facebook ads popping up all the time, I have found that what sets us apart from that professionally and allows us to stand out is to be the one who, instead of going big and fancy and hard and loud, dares to go deep and intentional and generous with ourselves and with others. And that has made all the difference for my and my clients' professional game. So right now, During this time of big change and growth that we are all going through, and you no doubt are going through as well, you do not need tons of new information coming at you. (laughs) Like we have sensory and information overload happening already. It's exhausting. We don't need information right now as much as we need transformation. And transformation happens when we have solid roots underneath ourselves. And so today, rather than going big and fancy and giving you a bunch of complicated information, we're going to go deeper too on this episode into the four seasons of growth so that you can spot exactly which season you are in right now and know exactly which doable steps will elevate you and which types of actions you don't even need to think about right now. They're actually none of your business, and things will not fall apart if you skip them, so you might as well take them off your plate. Now, if you've heard me talk about the four seasons of growth before, great. And I really debated whether or not to re-record this content new, or to share with you the episode three that we've done before, and I dared to share with you episode three again. So in a moment, Ash, my podcast audio engineer, is going to splice in some content from episode three because I want you to experience the power of going deeper into what already works for you. And this is one of our top ranking episodes. So if you have heard it before, here's my invitation to you. Listen in. Go deeper. I promise you that you will catch something that you never heard before that resonates with you differently than when you heard this episode before, because you might find that you're in a totally different phase of growth than you were the first time you heard it. And hey, if me talking about the four seasons of growth is brand spanking new to you, no worries. I'm going to guide you through it step by step so that regardless of where you are, you suddenly have a plan that is both nourishing and elevating going forward. Ready? Here we go. There comes a time for every woman when she needs to consider what she values, and then she draws a line in the sand and she retreats from the external demands of the world. She consciously decides who she is at her best and what she needs in order to live into her ideal. Because here's some real talk. Without a conscious pause, we will unconsciously live the life handed to us by other people. Let me say that again, right? If we don't consciously pause and create the life we want, we will unconsciously live the life handed to us by other people. (laughs) If you heard that little noise in the background, that's Loretta. She's my fur niece. She's here with me in the studio today. You might hear her again. So 
we've all been taught to think about success as kind of a permanent rising, right? As if if we could draw like a line on an axis, there would be a straight line on a chart and it's just going up, up, up. And if things aren't steadily rising all the time, then we can start to think, oh my gosh, am I messing things up? Am I failing? We might even begin to feel behind the curve. But that model of like constant vertical success, it has never been true or sustainable for anyone. If I'm just being really honest, if I don't censor myself, that is a testosterone-based kind of thinking. It's like this weird vestigial tale left over from the patriarchy, this crazy idea of success that is ingrained in corporate and cultural dynamics. And so what we've been taught to do, right, in school, go hard or go home. And I don't know who came up with this go hard or go home or no pain and no gain thing, but it's just exhausting. And frankly, it's unnecessary. So I got to tell you a little funny thing. This is kind of the behind the scenes about me. And if you worked with me or anybody else who has will tell you that when I'm creating a program or an online workshop that I'm leading for an audience, I make the most anal retentive, color coded, like minute by minute, play by play schedule of exactly what we're going to cover. And when I say minute by minute, I'm literal like hey, we're going to talk about this for 45 seconds and then I'm going to leave one minute for a pause and then we're going to do a group activity for five minutes and then we're going to do four and a half minutes of a of a bathroom break and blah, blah, blah. The schedule is down to a T. And in the beginning, about 12 years ago, when I first started my practice, I told myself that I made these super ridiculous detailed plans so that I'd have the timing right because I wanted to make sure that everything that I was creating fit in the right amount of time and I delivered upon what I promised. And you know, that was true. It was totally true. But you know what else was true? What was also true was that I was freaking terrified of messing up. Terrified. I felt like I needed to have the perfect formula or else people wouldn't like my work. They wouldn't get the results. And then I don't know, I would spiral out from there. And it always ended up me like living alone and nobody loving me and having no job. (laughs) Like, Like the way our mind can spiral is pretty amazing, right? So I share all this because what would happen for me early on in my career is I would have these fits and starts. It was like peaks and valleys where I get super excited about an idea or something I wanted to try. I'd go all in like gangbusters. And then I'd be so freaking exhausted by it that I just need to mellow out for a couple of weeks. And sometimes I would want to retreat. And sometimes my body would make me retreat. I'd get crazy perplexing health symptoms like migraines, digestive health issues. I'd get colds and flus every time I had a day off. That was the only way I was going to get rest. And so I knew that there had to be a more sustainable way. Now, when I was talking about this concept of the four phases with my private coaching group that I run specifically for driven women who have either their own businesses or a career that they really care about, I actually quoted one of those Yogi Tea bags. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed, but what can I say? I love Yogi Tea. And there's this one tea bag, maybe you've seen it, and it says, nature doesn't rush, yet everything gets done. Nature doesn't rush, and yet it all gets done. And the truth is, we are animals living on the planet. We are part of nature. We have innate natural rhythms and cycles, just like the earth does. And so when we start to leverage and learn about our individual cycles, then things begin to make sense. And we no longer have to be on all the time to still be rising in what we always call the big three around here, a thriving career, relationships, and health all at the same time. So when we talk about those four phases, let's keep going with this nature analogy. I find this really helpful. 
So we've got the four seasons, right? Summer, autumn, winter, spring. There's four phases to the moon. For women, there's four phases to a menstrual cycle, which I didn't learn until I was way older. (laughs) But there's actually four stages. So we've got menstruation and then the follicular phase and the ovulation phase and the luteal phase. And during each of these phases, we might feel different. We might process information different. We have different strengths and different things that might not be our best skill set at the moment. So nature runs its course. And when we stop trying to fight nature, oh my God, let me tell you how much more productive and sane I began to feel. Because I was no longer wondering why some days I had so much energy and other days I just wanted to like lay in bed with a heating pad on, right? Like these things actually have a lot of rhythm to them and we can leverage them. So I got to give some credit here. Kate Northrup is the one who originally taught me about these four phases and she named them and I love the names. If you're brand new to Kate Northrup, go over to her website. She just came out with a great book called Do Less. It's a revolutionary approach to time management for women and it's just phenomenal. I can't say enough good things about Kate. So I learned these phases with Kate and started implementing them and saw great results And then I began to share them with some of my clients and they too were getting huge results. So I sat down with a dear friend of mine, Dr. Maria Sirwa, who's a positive psychologist and a real thought leader in the field of sustainability and resilience and transition. And we looked at these phases from a psychological perspective, which is what I'm about to share with you. And we noticed that there are certain challenges and certain gifts in each phase And we use this model now when we teach Navigating a Graceful Transition, which is a course that her and I lead and have a great time. And I'll make sure I put a link to that in the show notes. So let's get started right now. As we go through these four phases, I'd love for you to consider which phase you might find yourself in right now. So which of these phases feels particularly relevant? And you might notice too that it's possible to be in more than one phase in different areas of your life. So for example, one work project might be in one phase and your personal life might be in a different phase. And that would be perfectly normal. In fact, it's really nice to not have everything in one phase at the same time. So these are in no particular order because they're cyclical in nature. So really we could start with any one of these phases. I'm just going to start with the phase that's most like winter. So winter, we call the fertile void. The fertile void. The fertile void is the place where you have no idea what you should be doing. This phase happens to all of us and it doesn't just happen once. It happens again and again and again. You see this cycle of growth. It's far more like a spiral staircase that we wind round and round and round up with than it is like a regular staircase, right? Success, if we were constantly trying to walk up a vertical staircase, would be exhausting. But this spiral staircase, we go round and round through these four different seasons again and again, a little wiser, with more knowledge. We've learned some lessons along the way as we keep going, right? But we go round and round. And so the fertile void is a place of, I have no idea what I should do next. And like winter, like where I live in upstate New York, if you look outside the the window in winter, it looks like everything is dead, like nothing's going on. Everything is brown. There's very little happening outside. But below the surface, there is tons going on, tons, right? All of the trees are making deeper roots. Like, Did you know every tree has roots that go as deep as the branches go high? And during the winter is when they're growing even deeper so that when wind blows, the trees don't just fall over. So this fertile void, this winter time, 
Nature allots 25% of every year to just going inward, to just going deeper. Isn't that crazy to think like if we just gave ourselves 3% of every year to just go inward and go deeper, like what would we be capable of, right? Like how much more energy might we have? How much deeper might our roots be? So let me give you an example. This shows up for me when I'm working with clients a lot. There's fertile void. People will say to me things like, Carly, I know the job I'm in right now is not working for me. Like I know this is not where I'm meant to be, but I have no idea what I should be doing next. And without languaging like the fertile void, we can begin to wonder, like, what's wrong with me? The fertile void, the challenge that shows up here is often self-doubt. It's why don't I know what I should be doing with my life? What's wrong with me for not figuring this out? How come I don't have a plan yet? What am I going to do? Am I going to be stuck here forever? Right? These are the questions that bubble up in the space of the fertile void. So if you are finding yourself in some area, whether it's your career or your health or your relationships... In the space of like, I know what I'm doing right now isn't working, but I have no freaking idea what I should be doing. Baby, you are right on time. You are in the fertile void. This part is essential. Having women to talk to that can understand, you know, what I'm going through, especially the business part. I think that's really the big shift, having that tribe there. There's so much wisdom, collective wisdom that has come out of this group. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I've been given to be a part of this group. It's always helped me grow and to continue evolving as a human being, as a professional. Um, And for that, I'm eternally grateful. A part of what feels very authentic about our group is that I don't sense any level of comparison or competition. Everybody is so supportive and supported in exactly where they're at and celebrated for that. This episode is brought to you by the real women in the Reclaiming Time studio, the group coaching program I run for the last four years that guides driven career women from being people-pleasing, rule-following overachievers that secretly know that they are capable of more to finally having the time and energy to get to everything you care about without feeling pulled in 10 directions ever again. We use proven methods, but also sisterhood that will give you the resources and confidence to live into your goals. So if hustle is just so 90s to you also, you should know that I only open the doors for enrollment two times a year and we're about to open the doors again this June. I like to keep the studio a really cozy size that you have plenty of access to me. So if you want to increase your earnings and your nourishment at the same time, go to the show notes or over to carlyfane.com to get the full scoop and apply before it sells out in the middle of June. It was worth every dime I paid for it and it changed my life. So... Here's what makes sense in the fertile void. Because what doesn't make sense is going all in gangbusters. When you're drawing a blank, when you have no idea what's next, trying to do it all is going to be really exhausting. And odds are you're not going to feel inspired. You're going to feel like it's really laborious. It's really hard to do the work. The most productive thing we can do in the fertile void is to lean into our sense of wonder. Is to wonder, like, yeah, not what should I be doing with my life, but yeah, what could I be doing with my life? I wonder what I might do next. So we're kind of appreciating curiosity here. We're getting curious about what things bring you joy, what things seem to fill you up, what maybe not so much that you might lean back from. 
The fertile void is where we just listen. So listening looks different for all of us. Some of my clients like to journal. Some like to be out in nature. Some feel like really zen while they're going surfing or they're rock climbing. Like everyone's different, right? So we're just being a little bit quieter. Maybe we're doing less. Maybe we're not going out as much. We are resting, right? We're catching our breath and we're just experimenting. Like, huh, I've been kind of curious about wanting to learn how to knit. Maybe now I'll try it on. I'm curious. I'm I'm wondering if I would like it, right? So the fertile void, the challenge here are all those self-doubt questions. And if you are hearing them, they are right on time. It's A-okay. They're allowed to be there. And this is the time where we begin to wonder. We get curious and we just listen. Now, I want to be able to tell you that like each phase, oh, you're in each phase for 2.5 weeks or whatever. But the truth is there is no exact right amount of time to be in each phase. There are some times when I'm in the fertile void just for an hour As short as like, yeah, I don't know what the next podcast should be about. And I just need to sit with it and go through the notes about what my clients are asking for. And there have been times when I have been in the fertile void for years where I knew I was working a job that didn't serve me and I didn't know what it needed to be yet. And Lord knows I wanted to get there faster. But the truth was when I slowed down and I began to listen to myself and get curious, that was when I got information to help me go forward. It wasn't the pushing that got me there, right? So first phase in no particular order is the fertile void. Now, if you're ready to move on, as most people usually are, the next phase we call emergence, right? And emergence is like spring. Emergence is like little itty buds starting to come out on the branches of the trees or they're coming up through the soil and they're tender. This phase is when you begin to have an idea. You don't have like the whole plan laid out yet. You just have an idea. And I think of this as a really tender space to be in. So I've got a client right now and she's a medical condition that luckily is treatable. And she realizes she wants to form some community around it. And so she's been talking about creating some type of meetup group for other people. And she got a logo made for it and she's really excited about it. And what she's recognizing during this emergence phase where this idea is just emerging is that this is not the time to go share your business with everybody. This is a tender space where if you have the inkling of an idea We might keep it to ourselves or we might only bring it to the folks who are going to get it and support us, right? So just like a little tender bud, you want to make sure that it gets water, it gets sunlight, and no one can accidentally stomp on it. This is where ideas come to die if we bring them to people who are not going to support them. So I really want to emphasize this. As you're beginning to emerge out of the fertile void, the quickest way to backtrack into the fertile void is to listen to other people who are going to tell you to play small or who are going to doubt this idea. This is just nurturing. We don't know if it's a full-fledged idea yet. It's just beginning to emerge. So the challenge that shows up in emergence usually sounds like questions like, is this idea important enough? Does this even matter? If I do this, will it even work out? Right? So there are questions around, is this good enough, this idea? Here's the and, right? The and. We talk a lot about the and in my practice. And if you missed the pilot episode of the and, please go back and listen to the the first episode because you are going to love how we use the word and to leverage both what's true, which is challenging questions in this emergence phase about, is this idea important enough? Should I be doing it? Does it matter? All those questions are going to be there. And we ask the question, what is possible? What is possible? So my client in Georgia, who's thinking about building some type of community around this diagnosis she has, is saying, what 
would be possible if a bunch of us could come together and have each other's backs and not feel so alone because she's not finding any groups around her diagnosis where she lives right now. Like, what would be possible? One of my favorite ways of looking at this comes from Marie Forleo, a great coach. And she says, wouldn't it be cool if dot, 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 and you fill in the blank. So emergence is a great time to ask the question, wouldn't it be cool if, to keep using this example, all of us got together with this diagnosis and we no longer felt so ashamed and embarrassed about it, and we actually found community and sisterhood and strength together, this would be amazing. Wouldn't it be cool if? So during the phase of emergence, we're going to hear those questions and then we're also going to consider what is possible. Wouldn't it be cool if? And we begin to take very small action steps, just making a plan. We're just making a framework here. So if you're, for example, finally have the idea for your book after being in the fertile void forever, in emergence, you might start to jot down the outline to the book, right? Or sketch out a cover design. It's just beginning. Now, the next phase is akin to summer. This is where it starts to get a little bit hot. It gets a little warm. We call this phase of visibility. Visibility is the phase where we actually begin to share our ideas with the world, where we bring it forth. So this is where other people are going to know what you're up to. Now, I got to point this out. Up until now, these other two phases might not look like much or very little to anyone else, right? But what's so funny is culturally, we have only ever acknowledged the visibility phase. Like if we don't see somebody killing it on social media all the time, then we assume that they're not doing enough, right? Or if we don't feel like our social media posts are killing it all the time, then we wonder what's wrong with us, right? And don't let me think I'm the only person out there that's ever felt like that, right? So visibility is the first time where other people are going to know what we're doing. The first time where there might be some conversation about what's happening. So visibility is when we actually bring the idea forward. So to use my client's example, visibility might be when she hangs some flyers up for her event and she calls up some women and she asks them to come on over and get together, right? Now other people are going to know about it. People are going to have opinions about it. So invisibility can be a really exciting time. It can be a really adrenaline-based time. Right now, I'm in the visibility phase of this podcast. I've been in the fertile void with this podcast for years, knowing that I wanted to do one, but it was not quite the right time. It didn't make sense. I needed to be more curious about what would be of service to my audience. Then it started to emerge. A framework came together, and boom, here I am in visibility. And so the question here that usually pops up is, what do I need to sustain this moment? I think of visibility like the hot sun in the middle of the desert. We're going to need some extra water. We're going to need to find some shade. This is the part where if we don't consider what we need to sustain this big goal or dream or project that we're working on, this is where we usually end up exhausting ourselves and needing to bail, right? So here we want to be aware of the challenging questions that sound like, is this even my bud? right? Like the bud that's come through emergence, this little seedling, is this the thing I want to be doing? Who can help me, right? Other things we hear during this phase are questions like, who am I to be doing this? Like, what if people think I'm a total fraud? Am I qualified to be here doing this? Like, these are the normal questions that pop up in visibility. It's a lot of like, oh my God, this is real. It's really easy to feel that total um, imposter syndrome that comes up for a lot of us, right? So the challenge here is questions around who will help me? 
We're going to hear the things about who am I to be doing this? Is this even my bud? Is this even what I want to do? Am I doing it right? Right. But the and, the thing we lean into that makes it possible to be in the visibility phase without burning ourselves into the ground is permission to be magnificent. Permission. This is the phase where you might bring something in the world that will be of deep service to you and somebody else and permission to be magnificent. We don't need one more person playing small in order to make the other folks who are playing small around them feel comfortable. We got plenty of that in the world. Permission to lead with your idea, what inspires you, what uplifts you. Visibility. Now we got one more phase. The last phase here is akin to autumn which is kind of like a harvest time. We call it culmination. Culmination is when we've just come out of the visibility. So for example, maybe you've just led a big presentation at work or you've just graduated you know, with an additional certification or maybe let's look into the future for my client and she just hosted the event she's been looking forward to doing. Culmination is where we get to reap the harvest of what we've just done by pausing and reflecting on it. We look at what have I learned here? What went well and what did I might I do differently? Like what didn't go the way I wanted to and how could I do that differently? I cannot emphasize enough how important this phase is because when we skip culmination, when we just go from one visibility phase to the next, to the next, to the next, we are missing out on a wealth of information that would save us countless days, weeks, hours, months of having to do work again, right? So culmination is where we get to look at, yeah, what went well that I might just turn the volume up on a little bit and do the exact same thing again? This is where we stop needing to reinvent the wheel all the time and we just do more and more of what is working. This is huge. We have not, or at least I'll say I was not, taught about culmination in school. Now, in my practice, after a few years of coaching really intensely, I began to schedule in a culmination week every single month. This is when my assistant, Ellen, comes over to my house. I take the entire week off of coaching. And she comes over one day, we lay everything out on my table in my dining area. And we look at what went well this month that we want to do more of and what like, eh, didn't go so great. Either that we might tweak or change or we might let go of altogether. This has been key. I don't think we as women get very much time to digest information. Like we don't get much space to just get to marinate on what just happened, right? We're going from one thing to the next to the next. And our wisdom is in those digestive moments. So the challenge here or the question to ask ourselves is, can I allow myself to hold what has just happened? Can I let it exist on its own terms, right? Without making it about me. Can I let this thing exist? So maybe you did a great thing at work or you did a hard thing at work or a big thing at work and now you're culminating, you're allowing it to be there. Maybe like for some of my clients who come to programs like Navigating a Graceful Transition, maybe it's the end of a career, right? And now you're considering, well, what's the next thing gonna be? Maybe you're ready for retirement or maybe the kids just left the house and you've got the empty nest. Maybe it's time to end a relationship or or a marriage, right? Or somebody's passed, somebody's left. And so we're going to allow ourselves to consider, can I hold what has just happened here? Can I let it be before we rush on to the next thing, right? And here's the and that helps us to continue navigating forward when we're ready. And I am not done. Can I allow myself to hold what has just happened? And I am not 
done. And so from culmination, once we've had time to marinate on what's worked, what didn't, what we might want to bring forward, what gifts we've learned, then we enter the fertile void again. And the entire cycle repeats round and round and round. And I cannot tell you how long I've been doing this and have come to find that I circle round and round and round a few times a year and I can begin to track it. Like, oh, right on time. This is the part where I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, that means I must be done with culmination. (laughs) That means emergence will be here soon. It is a-okay to not know. There's an artist where I used to live in the Berkshires. Her name is Deb Kaufman, and she had a little sign out front of her studio, and it said, it's okay not to know. And every time I drove by her studio, it was like a surprise to me, like that sign surprised me. Every time I would forget it was there, and there was this calmness that came over to me. It is okay not to know. We gain wisdom when we lean into the question, the questions that sound like, who am I to be doing this? What do I really want? Is this important enough? Who will help me? How can I sustain this? Can I allow myself to hold what has just happened? There's richness in the wondering. So here's what I want to know from you. Remember, I've got all this written out for you in this really beautiful handout over at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Go to episode three and you can download it totally for free. Keep this baby in your back pocket. You're going to want to be able to look at this and remind yourself where you are and what questions are going to help lead you forward. And what I want to know from you is if you only remember one part of this podcast, what's the one little aha moment or bolt of insight or phrase or sentence you never want to forget? Like what's the thing that really stood out to you? Take that and bring it on over to the place where you listen to this podcast, iTunes or wherever you go, and make sure you leave a review and a comment so that I can see what's landing for you. It helps me know like what's working Talk about culmination, right? So I know, okay, this part's working. I'm going to speak more to this because people have questions or thoughts around it. So tell me what's working. And the other thing is I might be able to give you a live shout out on the next podcast, uh, which would be so great because we are in this together. Every comment you leave helps us rise in the algorithm that's out there that shows this podcast to more women and more women who might find themselves in a place of the fertile void and not knowing might know that they're actually right on time and that there is a path out. So I thank you so much for being part of this conversation. I cannot wait to read your reviews and we'll catch you next week on the next podcast. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including yourself, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.